Alright everyone, let's do this! How's everybody doing today? As usual, I'm hoping you're happy, healthy and having a fantastic start into the month of November. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome to the second to last episode of season one of my podcast, Leave the Bubble, where we talk about expanding our comfort zones, dealing with changes and embracing challenges in life, as well as staying curious and in general trying to grow as a person. Last week, we talked about the costs of indecisiveness and why it's so important for us to step up and take control of our lives. We went over the dangers of passivity, inertia, and insecurities about outsourcing our life's decisions to others and not taking ownership and responsibility for the consequences of our actions and much, much more. It was one of my favorite episodes so far, which is why it was so fitting as the 50th episode of this series. So do make sure to go check it out if you haven't, or feel free to go back and click play on it if you'd like to listen to it once again. Episode 50, The Costs of Indecisiveness. But now let's dive straight into this week's topic, where we'll talk about principles. What are those? Do we have them in our lives? And should we even? (laughs) Now, the reason I decided to record an episode on this subject is because I've been reading Ray Dalio's incredibly successful book, Principles, after a fantastic recommendation by a close friend of mine. It hit the so coveted number one New York Times bestseller spot and was also crowned Amazon's number one business book of the year. Just to give you a little bit of a context, Ray Dalio, the author of the book, is the hedge fund manager and founder behind one of the world's most important and influential private companies in the world. And the world's biggest hedge fund company, according to Fortune, with over $150 billion under management, having produced a staggering $45 billion in net gain, (laughs) Bridgewater Associates. So I guess it's pretty fair to say that they've done pretty well for themselves. (laughs) Now, the company is, of course, known because of its financial and investment-related successes, most notably for foreseeing the 2008 financial crisis and thus navigating those turbulent years with flying colors. But mostly, it's the founder that enjoys the fame, especially the culture he has created within Bridgewater Associates as a company and how it functions, his employees, and his business partners. And that culture wasn't just an intangible atmosphere he created, but it was actually possible to read that culture, those important guidelines for Mr. Dalio, black on white on a list he would publish on the company's website, which, as we know by now, have been the skeleton for what the book would turn out to be. The reason for him to do that was very simple. Those principles he wrote down, over 500 by the way, those fundamental truths he lived by that guided his actions to help him achieve his life's goals were ultimately what assisted him to succeed in his work and life in general. Now, I do want to mention a little bit of the book's content, but naturally I won't do a detailed deep dive into all over 
500 principles, but try to bring the key message closer to you. And to do that, I'll briefly focus first on his life's principles in general, and then on his work's principles to finalize the episode with the overarching theme of the potential principles in our own lives. Before we get started, it is important to mention that all principles Ray Dalio wrote down are his fundamental truths, the guidelines he used and that are specifically catered to him. So by no means does he want us to follow them blindly, but merely take them as potential inspiration and analyze them critically. But more on this later. The main theme Ray Dalio has within his life's principles is an upward spiraling curve that is influenced by setbacks. Challenges we all inevitably will face in life. So while we're moving forward, or in this case upward, improving ourselves, certain setbacks can make our curve spiral downwards again. But depending on our reaction, our responses and our gathered learning, we can use these to not only go back towards an upward direction, but now we're at a higher point than we were before. It's all about our attitude when faced with adversity. What's most interesting at this point is that Ray has a very simple formula that encompasses all other principles, which is to think for yourself. We should decide what we want, what the reality and truth is, and what we should do to get it. He encourages us to embrace reality and deal with it as it comes. It may not be pretty and it may be challenging, but without having both feet observing and analyzing what's in front of us, what happened in the past and what may await us in the future, we will never be truly prepared to deal with it as best as possible. We need to gather the facts and pieces of knowledge available to us and learn how to make good decisions feel free to revisit the previous episode at this point. (laughs) And he also reminds us to be radically open-minded, to accept the fact that we all have flaws and blind spots, personal preferences and biases that impair our judgments and egos we need to be aware of. Being able to have an open mind, listen to others, welcome different points of view, and respectfully debating those is paramount for success in all aspects of life. And that goes back to understanding that people are different from one another. No person is the same. We are all unique individuals with strengths and weaknesses. So understanding our diverging nature, grasping other people's essence and individualities is what will make our relationships with them prosper, be it with our spouses, our partners, our friends or colleagues or strangers we meet along the way. And these life principles are closely coupled with his work principles, which basically state that in order to have the best organization possible, you need to have the combination of great people and great culture, while also having mechanisms and a system in place that can help you consistently achieve the goals we have set out to meet. Now, how to get your system in place is too technical for this specific episode, so let's quickly talk about how to get the culture right before moving on to the people. Firstly, in Ray's mind, having a great culture means that problems and disagreements can come up freely and be resolved with no issue. 
he used an error or issue log where every time someone made a mistake, they needed to report it. If they did, everything's good and the matter got resolved. But if they didn't, then they would be in deep, deep trouble. This is the first step in adopting and living in a radical truth and radical transparency-based environment. It helps in developing meaningful work and building meaningful relationships because you don't need to hide your mistakes but get to work openly without fear of judgment. After all, you're not the only one making mistakes. As a matter of fact, Ray encourages making mistakes as long as you learn from them. Building a team that helps each other learn and grow getting them in sync and working together with an undisputed drive towards excellence definitely gave Bridgewater the edge over their competition. And lastly, regarding the right people metric, Ray values the who, meaning the person, more than the what or the role. He doesn't just want to fill a position, but wants to see a positive addition to the entire team and organization as a whole while also seeing their future potential and nourishing that potential with continuous training, evaluations, and feedback loops. And all of these principles are so applicable in our own personal lives. Now, of course, there is a ton more of content and intricate details I haven't drawn upon. As a matter of fact, the book covers over more than 500 principles. So I do hope that you pick up that read yourself, but I wish you understood the key points for now. The thing is, Ray's and Bridgewater's success left me speechless when I first heard of it a few years back. And by doing some research while reading the book, it became apparent that a lot had to do with the methodical approach they followed, which led me to start thinking, do I have a set of principles I live by? And should I have a list of fundamental truths to follow? Of course, my initial thought was, (laughs) Of course not. Nobody has a list of principles. Only Ray Dalio has one. That's why he's a billionaire and the rest of the world is not. (laughs) But the more I thought of it, the clearer it became that we actually do all have some sort of principles we live by. We just haven't taken the time to write them down. After all, we've grown in a certain environment created by our parents and the people close to us. We've been brought up with certain values and house rules to follow that we most likely took with us throughout our different stages of maturing. Think about it. What are the things you look for in your new relationships, romantic or platonic? Where do you draw the line when it comes to disagreements and fighting? How do you approach your savings and investments? What are your long-term goals? Or how do you like to spend your free time? And so on. If you start breaking these questions down, little by little, you'll soon realize how certain patterns start to build. Unspoken motives, and yes, principles you've been following. The difference now is that when we have these gut feelings of how we should approach certain situations, but don't necessarily take the time to write them down beforehand, we can easily deviate from our originally preferred and better path. So I do recommend you to take the time to ask yourself these questions and slowly but steadily start writing your own principles down. Things you find important to uphold in your life or detach yourself from entirely. Qualities that are important to you in your inner circle and actions you should take in specific situations, regardless whether it's in your job, a crisis, 
or for your passion projects. Principles by Ray Dalio has really opened my eyes when it comes to building a methodical black and white structure, a framework, so to speak, to follow. So much that I've been inspired by some of his principles I'm trying to adopt or have already subconsciously and have started thinking of my own. Some I've been living by without knowing it and others I'd like to include in my life on a more consistent basis. Who knows? Maybe you could start doing the same and see if this might be beneficial to you as well. I'd love to hear about it someday. Wow, here we are at the end of another episode and almost finalizing season one. Only the final episode to go. (laughs) I immensely appreciate you sticking around until the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did recording it. And I wish you all the best in writing down your list of principles or at least getting inspired by Mr. Dalio while reading his best seller. But for now, I wish you all the best, a fantastic start into the month of November. And as always, please stay safe, stay healthy, and hey, don't be afraid to leave your bubble. <laughs>